0: Before we get into this week's getting there with Goss, i going to tell you about the cool things happening here at Goss and the Media. It is March Madness, and if you're listening to this on a Wednesday or an early Thursday, get your bracket in. The Goss and the Media Bracket Challenge brought to you by Hooters on Wolf Road. Your spot for the madness this March is Hooters. Friday, both Fridays, the round of 64, the Sweet 16, LeVac and Goss broadcasting live from Hooters, 530 to 7. We picked that time because that's that break in between Session 1 and Session 2 of the games. Enjoy the show, enjoy some great wings, some beer, and hang out for those 7 o'clock tip-offs, back-to-back Fridays, March Madness, the Godzilla Media Bracket Challenge Top 3 Prize Winners. It can happen. Free to sign up. Check out the link in the bottom of this video so you can play today. And our friends over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers. How about this? It is National Plan for Your Wedding Day. Well, by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's not, but still, planning for your wedding's tough. you got to find the wedding band. you got to find the things that are going to match your budget. Well, have the people Lily and David Fine Jewelers help you through the whole thing. My guy David was given me advice for my wedding, whether it's about the live band or not, how to same for your wedding bands, all those things. They can happen when you stop over to Route 50 in their new spot, the Shops of Wilton. That's right. Lily and David Fine Jewelers has moved. They're at the Shops of Wilton now. Same great selection, maybe even more selection now that you think about it, and the same great people to help you figure out what fits her style, her fashion, and more. Now, guys, I get it. Uh, Shopping for jewelry for her, you don't know exactly what you're doing. At least work with somebody who's been doing it, a family-owned and operated business. And that's where I go back every single time I can. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers located at their new spot, the Shops of Wilton. Check them out on Facebook where they're always posting up new updates and more. And they can help you through the whole process. Online, social media, their new spot, the Shops of Wilton. It's Lily and David, Fine Jewelers. And when you stop in, tell me you heard about it from right here. Godzilla Media and Getting There with Gaz. And our pal Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance. You've probably been going through your taxes this year and wondering, is there any way I can save some cash? Maybe you're looking at your gas bill and thinking, Ugh, there's got to be a way I can save some cash. Jared Lozier can help you do it. Now, maybe you've been overspending on your insurance policies for your car, your home, your small business, the things that are most important to you in your life. How do you know what the prices are? You probably don't have time to shop around, but Jared Lozier does. You want somebody in your corner like Jared. simple as one email, one text, one call. Save this number in your phone. Hear the number, pause the podcast, save it in your phone. Insurance guy, guy who will save me money. Jared Lozier, 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. Call him, shoot him a text. Heard you on getting there with Goss. Can you really save me cash? Or send him an email. J-A-R-E-D-L at ne com. One simple email. Save cash. Can I get a quote? J-A-R-E-D-L at N-E-Mail.com. Hell, you might even see him at Hooters this upcoming week. Maybe Jared will be hanging out with us, having some drinks, and wager on the games and having so much fun and more. Maybe he's got a great bracket on the way. Jared Lozier, Northeastern Insurance, helping you save cash here this spring. All right, let's get into it. This week's edition of Getting There with Gas. <laughs> Another episode here of Getting There with Goss, where we talk about the career journeys of media members, coaches, athletes, business owners, and more from upstate New York. You might know him from the sports scene, from sports radio and more. Dave Schultz joins us. Dave, for those who may not be familiar with your career, take us to a younger version of you, seven, eight years old. Where'd you grow up? What'd you want to be as a kid? And was it that same dream job you wanted when you were 18 years old?
1: Uh, no, I was in, I, I went to, uh, I'm from, Sur- I'm just outside of Syracuse, New York. I went to Jamesville DeWitt High for upstate New Yorkers. That's, you know, Brandon Trish, the Routins, and the Bayheim kids all went there uh, well after me. Uh, more uh, Bernard Blunt time. He was just after I was in terms of basketball there. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer and a judge. My, my father was a longtime town judge. The, the courtroom is named after him, Judge Jack Schultz. Uh, and I wanted to do that. Uh, and that changed in... October 1985.
0: Ooh, you left me with a little tease right there. October 1985, pay out the tease for me.
1: So I, uh, it was a Saturday morning, got up. My mother said, uh, I said, I'm not going to be bothered at one thirty, the Yankees and the Blue Jays are coming on. And she's like, all right, well, clean out the garage and go rake some leaves. Right. And said, okay, we'll do that. Um, the Yankees had won the night, but the Yankees needed to win all three games just to tie. Uh, The Blue Jays, that was their first division title. And Phil Necro, they they came from behind on a Friday. Like Lloyd Mosby, gold glove winner, Lloyd Mosby drops a fly ball. And Butch Weiniger hits like a go-ahead, game-winning home run, two things that never happened ever. Uh, And they won Friday night. Phil Necro was going to go for 300 again on Sunday, but they needed to win on Saturday to force that ball game. And it was a brutal uh, Toronto, you know, October day, either late September early October. Last weekend of the season, 45, rainy, brutal, but Exhibition Stadium was packed, and everyone looked like they were having a great time, and as much as as much of a Yankee fan as I was, you know, I saw all the Blue Jays come through. You know, they were the, eventually, the, the Syracuse Chiefs affiliate, and, you know, Willie Upshaw at first, Thomas o Garcia at second, Tony Fernandez at short, Rance uh, Mullinix didn't come through Syracuse, but Ernie Witt did, and of course, Dave Steve did. And then, although they may not have been original Blue Jays, they all came through Syracuse. George Bell, Lloyd Mosby, and Jesse Barfield, and Tom Hankey was the closer, right? And, you know, the Yankee broadcast came on, and wow, how great would it be to be there? And then you, whoa, these guys must be getting paid to be there. So that's when I decided I wanted to be a baseball announcer back in October of 1985.
0: All right. So you have the new dream now to be a baseball. And after you realize people get their paychecks signed to do that for a living, which is an amazing realization as a kid. You're like, okay, people get to do this and I want to do this. So what's the next step for you? Do you decide to pursue it professionally? Do you do the college route? And if you decide on college, what school do you pick and why?
1: I ended up at Oswego. Uh, it was a good choice. I, I have really no regrets going to Oswego. I didn't get into Newhouse. I did get into Syracuse, but I didn't get into Newhouse. And I guess I just felt more comfortable. At, at Syracuse, uh, or at Oswego, rather. Um, we went out, we visited a couple of times. I visited American a couple of times. Maybe I just didn't want to go to school quite next door to where I, I grew up, just a little bit further away. Uh, and I had a great experience at uh, at Oswego. Ended up being the sports director at the radio station. Uh, the basketball team that just went to the Sweet 16 team, they weren't doing uh, radio for the basketball team so I got radio for the basketball team up and going uh, hockey which is still very big uh, you know had the games on and maybe they're starting to do baseball now I don't know I tried to do that but that would have been one long telephone cord back in the day so <laughs> I started doing basketball there we did a talk show there my final my, my last uh, two years there was sports chat uh, which I eventually came full circle with that But I was trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this better, right? We're talking like Oswego Sports and some other stuff. I ended up getting my senior year, I think I got Dick McPherson, Lee Steinberg, and Tom Jackson all on a different show, but as the weeks uh, progressed. So that was pretty cool. Dick McPherson had just finished up being Syracuse head coach. Uh, All I did was call the Patriots, and they said, sure. And Lee Steinberg, I think they had the number one pick, and he came on, and Tom Jackson came on. I almost got John Madden. I don't know how I got a hold of his office, but I did. Uh, There's no real internet back then. We're still on AOL.com, so I probably just called from the the radio station phone, and I almost got John Madden, but I didn't quite. I didn't quite get.
0: But i think we need to offer some perspective here because now the booking process for guests is you can reach out via social media you can email sure. you can find somebody to sell if you dig deep enough like it's a whole different process we're talking the early 90s at this point when you're trying to book a guest so you were just straight up cold calling people are you saying hey i'm a student in Oswego"? we go are you just saying the call letters and it's uh sweet is there a little strategy to how you're trying to book
1: no i probably wasn't smart enough to, to hide who i was doing i was probably as we go so i actually got tom jackson uh i think i, I think i Called information, got us home. I, I, you know, I don't even know how, how that happened. Uh, and I left a message, and I think he called me back, and he goes, I can't do it this week. My father just passed away, or my father was sick. I think his father actually passed away. So he was busy that week. And so a couple of weeks later, I called him back, and he's still doing the Sunday stuff at ESPN. Called him back, uh, left a message, hey, we'd love to have you on. If you're up for it, please let us know. And at Oswego, uh, on campus, it's one ring. And if it rings twice, it's off campus. So, you know, we don't have anybody answering the phones, you know, at Oswego State. There's three of us in there. Two of us are on the microphone and the other one is on the microphone. But he's running the board and answering the phone so you can hear the phone ring. And then so we were talking, the phone rang, and we were waiting for the second ring, and it rang a second time. And then we went to break, and it was Tom Jackson on the phone. And my buddy, one of the co-hosts, was a... Uh, a Broncos fan, as it turns out. So um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, those are three pretty good guests to go out in your senior year. Uh, yeah,
0: pretty pretty yeah. good guests for sure. And I don't want to leave the John Madden story empty there. So take us through that process. Who did you call? Did did you call back multiple times just hoping it would pay off?
1: You know, I probably just, you know, followed up a couple of times. I got a hold of his assistant, and his assistant wasn't promised me anything. Uh, it was always a maybe. And... It was not more than he had an office, whatever it was out in San Francisco, right? It's three or Oakland. It was three hours difference um, where he was. And so, you know, I, I was hoping he would call, but he, he didn't. And I don't think I bothered the next week. It may have been the final show. I may may have been holding him off for the final show and he didn't call. That's okay. You know, I really probably didn't. I didn't expect him to. I'm, I'm shocked when I can get an Alabama blogger to come on my show now. So I certainly wasn't expecting John Madden to, to show up, to show up, uh, on a show at at Oswego State.
0: Well, you still punch through with some awesome guests there your senior year. You're doing great things at Oswego, but like we find out so many college students who are having a great time in college, they eventually tell you you have to leave, graduate, you go on to the real world. So take us through that process of post-graduation. Were you able to land an internship post-Oswego, a job? Were you getting a paycheck? Take us through maybe the first opportunity you're offered post-graduation.
1: So I I had interned in... Uh, in New York city in 1989 with the USA network. And I met a couple of guys that became production assistants, uh, ABC and CBS. Uh, and they were a year, at least a year older than I was. So they had jobs. So they could hook me up with production assistant jobs with uh, the U S open and major league baseball uh, and so forth. And so I went to the all-star game in 91, which was in Toronto and Then I ended up at the playoffs for Toronto and didn't get to the World Series because Minnesota beat them. But I think I probably swiped a Baseball America directory from the front offices of the Toronto Blue (laughs) Jays. You know, (laughs) I didn't know what Baseball America was, but it had every – forget the major leagues. It had all the minor league contacts. So I swiped the book, and I went back home. And I'm not sure why I went to Syracuse University and, and use their stuff. Maybe they had better equipment or something like that, but I went there and I, I ended up sending a, you know, it had to be 160, 170 letters to all the major league teams and all the minor league teams. Uh, the Richmond Braves turns out was the first one to reply. And they said, you should go to the winter meetings, which was on uh, Miami beach at the uh, fountain blue hotel. Nothing like it was now. Um, it's kind of a 1970, you know, this is 1991. And so this was kind of 1975 Vegas cheesy stuff. So uh, it's got a remake since then, but it was a lot of fun. Scott Boris was yelling. No, it's the other way around. Lou Pinella was yelling at Scott Boris. Butch Hobson is in a loud blazer with his shirt open and chains hanging down. Uh, and it was it was pretty cool. And, and, and we had a we had a good time. I ended up getting a job out in Wichita, Kansas as a, a media intern, I guess.
0: So let's clarify this too. I think because there's a little mix up here, because your, your talk show there in Oswego is successful. You still are pursuing the baseball gig. And for a timeline, we're in the infancy of sports talk radio. So it doesn't really exist at this point. Maybe FAN is like really like maybe one year or two years. There's there's not a a lot of stations.
1: FAN was was a few years old that, in fact, that's what just happened. We were just at the uh, Barrett uh, sports media summit and, uh, Mike Francesca, Mike Francesca and Chris Russo were there. And I finally got to ask Russo because he was doing a big thing back in the summer of 89 because the Yankees stunk and Mattingly was good. uh, But the Giants were really good and Will Clark was really good. And so he was arguing that Will Clark was better than Don Mattingly. Uh, So that was 1989. I don't, you know, I think if came on maybe a year or two before that, Um, but no, I I knew I always wanted to do baseball compared to doing sports talk uh, at that point in time. Uh, It never occurred to me to try and go get a a sports talk job back in 1991, I was going to do baseball and and probably having the blinders on was a little bit that probably hurt me uh, moving forward, but I, I was in baseball from 1992 to 2004.
0: 92 to 2004. So you get, I love how we still have the connection here with the radio. You set me up well with the teas. You give me the little guys. Here's where we're going with this. So you said it or hurt you. Is that because you're not getting on air? Like you hope, because you mentioned an internship, you're doing media right. stuff. Are you bouncing market to market? Take us through why you feel like you might've made a different decision reflecting on it back now.
1: Well, because I was so focused on, on doing baseball, right. And the, the big leagues is the big leagues. It doesn't have to be major league baseball. Now I, could do basketball uh but I hadn't really done it up until recently and I you know was not going to do football and even even now I do high school football and I try to make it as simple as possible for me my color guy's really good in football but I try to make it as simple uh as possible but I'll give you a good example Brian Anderson okay Brian Anderson took a circuitous route uh to the big leagues Brian Anderson uh, is on uh, you know TNT and TBS. He's the voice of the Brewers, and he does golf, uh, and he'll do some NCAA stuff uh, this week as well. Uh, but he was in the minor leagues, and then he got minor league golf. It was probably the Nike Tour back in the day. I met uh, I met him while I was like, in between broadcasting gigs, uh, and you know if you watch a Nike Tour event, there's not a whole lot of people there, but he turned that into a Brewers job. And then he turned it into a basketball job. And he's had a pretty good career uh, over the last 15 years or so. But I was so focused on just doing baseball, I probably missed on on some opportunities. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 J.P. Shadrick is another great example. So J.P. was in the same boat I was. In fact, you know, at one point in time, I was the Jacksonville Suns broadcaster and then J.P. was. Um, and then JP got a triple a job. I think he did it for a year and he was about rog- Rochester. No. Okay. Uh, JP. No, no. JP is from down South. I think he's an Alabama grad. And, uh, but we both, uh, I think he followed me. You know what? It would have been almost, I was there 97, 98. So he probably would have been there w- well after me actually. So he got there and he did a couple years with Jacksonville and then he got up to triple a Oklahoma city and he ended up going back to Jacksonville to go in house and do uh, in house uh, video stuff uh, and podcasts and you know digital shows. Um, and so you know he's in the big leagues, right? JP Sh- and now he's doing play by play on the weekends uh, for Touchdown Radio. So he's in the big leagues. Uh, I'm still in in Double A down here in Mobile.
0: When we are seeing these baseball opportunities come, we know it's the spring, we know it's the summer, so you have other times, and you are from Syracuse. In this late 90 era, this is when 620 WHEN is starting to launch a little bit. Did you have any experience there locally in central New York doing stuff with those radio stations?
1: I did, I did. Well, I worked, uh, when I I ended up back home. I helped my father get reelected one last time in 2005, and I worked overnights at WSYR, And I filled in at at 620 uh, when given the chance. Uh, Brent Axe had me fill in, probably Buddy the Man Child, I filled in. It's a great story. I, and it's a ridiculous Syracuse thing. All right. It's just a ridiculous thing. So I had been, again, I had been in minor league baseball. This is the first year I don't have a job in minor league baseball. First time I don't have a year round job. I guess I did have an overnight job on the weekends at SYR, but I was basically George Costanza. You know, I'm at home and live with my parents. Um, and so I would fill in on on 620 when given the chance. And I'd fill in for the Chiefs when given the chance. Um, i probably the third option. But when the broadcaster, Bob McGillicott, would go to TV, he would need somebody to fill in and do radio. So it was either me or Matt Park and maybe even somebody else. So the Chiefs had a thing that lasted in the paper for like four days. They changed some songs that they weren't going to play like, YMCA and what's a dancing Joe song or something like that? Cotton Eye Joe. What's that?
0: Cotton, Cotton Eye Joe. Paper. That's yeah.
1: it. That's it. And so whatever it was, it was a half a dozen songs. And, and so it became a thing in the summer in New York. And uh, I suggested on the radio, I was like, and we're just taking what's in the paper. Okay. Admittedly, we're, we're taking what's in the paper. I didn't even think about calling the Chiefs, which I probably would do today. Uh, But we're taking what's in the paper and it's not that big of a deal. It's the, it's a couple of songs, you know, but I would have, I suggested, you know, instead of just telling what songs you're not going to play, suggest what songs you are going to play. Right. And so I got, I got offered to fill in. And then I was told to show up uh, in John Simone's office. And he basically threatened me, not basically, he threatened me that, that if I ever went on the air again, and said anything poorly about the Chiefs that, you know, he would end my career, which I didn't particularly like. I didn't probably react as well as I should have. I probably, honestly, I probably should have told him to stuff it uh, and walk out and, you know, you figure out what you're going to do with baseball and your your radio and TV broadcast tonight. Um, But I didn't. I kept my mouth shut and just did the radio for a couple of bucks. And it was ridiculous because he was, he didn't get the whole story from me. He certainly didn't hear what I said because I certainly didn't say anything inflammatory about his organization or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, for a guy that never, he hired me like way back when, before I moved to Jacksonville for a couple of weeks to call like, you know, ticket renewals or something like that. But he certainly had every opportunity to hire the hometown kid to do the hometown team. And I never got the chance uh, on a regular basis. So that's that's a crazy story that, you know, Bobby Kellogg will absolutely be able to confirm because he was there while it was happening.
0: Amazing. You now- those stories. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Is it like the Simones and like how that, I guess legacy would be the right term to use here, of how that changed, especially with the channel end of it and how people viewed the Chiefs there in Central New York because there was just such poor attendance and the ownership changed and everything else. But you right. saw it firsthand and you went through all that stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Now- I mean, they put the stadium in the wrong spot, right? Yes, that was all right. they put the stadium at the same spot. The stadium should have been smaller, although at the time you still needed 10,000 in AAA. But they should have made it smaller with Grassy Knoll, and they should have made it downtown, right? It would have been it would have been right there uh, by Armory Square or something along those lines. And you would have had, you know, six to 7,000 people going to all those restaurants and bars, um, you know, what, 72 times a year, uh, you know, in the summer. So you know that was a poor thing then not only that then they built it in the wrong direction right the sun (laughs) sets in the first baseman's eyes like he can't see so you know you better be prepared if you're sitting behind him um and it sets in the eyes of the where they had the barbecue um the picnic area and they've shifted all this around now everything's out in left field but they had it out in right field and If I'm having a picnic or a barbecue out in right field, I can't see the game for, you know, if it's, you know, between June 1st and, you know, August 15th, I'm missing half the game because the sun's directly in my eyes. So it it was really too bad because John Simone, you know, John Simone in Texas, you know, I grew up at the ballpark. I was part of the, uh, what was the, um, what's the, the Knot Hole Gang? You know, I mean, I remember (laughs) Don Fincher and Del Austin and... I told you all the guys that played before that, uh, Mickey Clutch came through, um, you know, the late, great Doug All, right? right? You know, the Yankees came through, you know, eventually, how great is this? I, um, the Yankees came through and they didn't want any part of it, right? They didn't want any part of being there. Sparky Lyle in his book told, you know, called us, you know, Podunk Hicks. I eventually am calling ball games for the Somerset Patriots. Would you know it? Sparky Lyle is the manager and he was great. And so we had some fun with that um he's a podunk king from pennsylvania so um (laughs) but no he's he was he was great and uh, i grew up there and it was it was always it was always disappointing that i never got a shot to be the voice of the chiefs because it would have been a lot of fun not only for me but for my family and and my folks i think would have really enjoyed it
0: you've got these connections to upstate new york you've touched on some cities you were able to call across your baseball broadcasting career i gotta find out how do you end up in miami
1: so that, Okay, so I did the baseball career thing. Um, I came home. I had a job in Harrisburg, PA, and I tried to get on Sports Talk, and I wasn't very patient. All right, so I'm paying for the time, probably overpaying for the time, but I probably should have waited six months, but I wanted to hop on during football season, right? Let me, I got to take advantage of the Eagles, the Steelers, high school, Shady McCoy was a senior at Bishop McDevitt at that point in time. That's how old I am. He's already had his whole entire NFL career. So I I jumped on that, and my father helped me out. I got a loan. I was so paranoid about going into debt. I I didn't have a paying job, and I wasn't very good at sales. So that was a problem. Always always sales has been my issue. And so I just wasn't going to go into serious debt, so we shut it down after three months. Go home and, again, work for WSYR doing news overnights on the weekends and help my father get reelected. Well, I went to the winter meetings, and I had always gone to the winter meetings when available. And let's just do it one more time. A friend of mine had always said, you know, if you're looking for a change of scenery, come down to Miami. And I figured I could get rejected from the beach just as easily as I could get rejected from the snow. <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up um, moving to Miami Beach, uh, at North Miami Beach, with my friend uh, Jason, who I went to high school with. And I ended up working at two radio stations there for a bit. Uh, before I got into the hospitality industry uh, for a little bit.
0: Now, hang on a second. You you passed on one of the radio stations. One of the radio stations down there you work for, if I'm not mistaken, is WQAM, the, formerly yes. known as the yes. Joe. And we're talking that, that, about like... Yes. So that's right
1: after. So I got down there and I had like three things immediately. Uh, Clear Channel transferred my job down there. So now I'm doing news on the week. Day, weekend day, so like noon to 8, something like that, on WIOD, okay? um I'm also doing updates at ESPN in West Palm for Evan Cohen, who is now on uh, Mad Dog Radio with uh, Mike Patrick. And so I was doing updates uh, for that. I also volunteered for the golf tournament uh, at Doral. Eddie Carboni was in charge, and this was the last year. 2006 would have been the last year of the Ford Championship. Then it turned to the World Golf Championship and just wasn't quite as popular for whatever reason. Uh, And it was, it was. we had, I had a great time. I mean, this is all, guys, I'm telling you, we went out, we had the Pro-Am selection. And this is basically who golfs with Tiger, right? The only guy, the only pro to show up at this event was Steve Stricker, by the way. Great guy. And so this is a Monday night in Miami. We asked the DJ at this event, where do we go? And he says, club bed is really the place to go. And I have no idea where I'm going, right? I'm going from Derail, which is on the west side of the airport, to South Beach, which I hadn't really been down there yet. I've only been in Miami for a couple of months. We go to, somehow I found a a parking spot around the corner. We're going to club bed. Shaquille O'Neal walks out. (laughs) We're in the right spot. So then we walk in. And again, it's 1230. I'm supposed to be at work, you know, back at the golf tournament at like, you know, eight o'clock or whatever. But the boss is buying. Uh, then we're in there for another, you know, for another hour and a half. Uh, Justin Rose, who's playing golf at that time, uh, shows up. And the rest of the Miami Heat show up at that time. Although I don't think Dwayne Wade was there. I don't think Dwayne Wade was there. But a lot of the Heat were there. So uh, so then I did hospitality. I got a job at the Jim McClain Golf School, uh, which is on derail at the time. It's now Trump, but before it was – the driving range. If you go out the rail, uh, you hit the driving range. On the other side is a school, and I think it's the Rick Smith School now. Rick Smith, uh, but before it was the Jim McLean Golf School. Not teaching golf by any stretch of the imagination. Although I did cure my slice, uh, I was I kind of oversaw um, um, the the inside. I made sure people had lessons lined up, and they were in the schools, and the ratio to teacher to student was proper. And I did that for. Two and a half years, I guess, the uh, just over two years, the economy crashed. And then eventually I got to Key Largo uh, at a private club, the Ocean Reef Club, um, which you just don't stumble upon. You don't, if you don't know it's there, you're not finding it. You either took a wrong turn or missed your turn if you end up there. And it was really a special place. There's two golf courses there. There's actually a private golf course inside the private club. Uh, you can land smaller jets. You can bring in boats like up to 175 feet. It really is a magnificent place. Um, but they kept on bringing up these motivational speakers that you got to be doing what you want to be doing. And so eventually I started a podcast. I'm really just talking to myself, uh, but just trying to get in new reps. Cause I, uh, I did a little QAM uh, in there as well. You're right. I Skipped QAM. I did that for about, I was doing that for a couple of years before I went to uh, Key Largo and, but I didn't have anything new. And so I sent. I started sending stuff out and I ended up in Lafayette and then, uh, and then mobile, but in there, in there as well, in between, I'm sorry, in between Jim McClain and Key Largo. Uh, I, I was working for WQAM for about two years.
0: Yeah. Because that whole process right there, we went through, you go down to Florida, you get out of the snow, you're enjoying golf, right. great, like great Florida golf. And you're out of the industry. Now, some people who might've here in 2022 said, I can get out of radio and move down to Florida and play golf. And I'll sign up right now. Like there are some people who just heard yep. that and, like, that's good enough. Right. But you still had a passion to do what you wanted to do. And just for offer some, some perspective, for those who don't know the Miami area, uh, the ticket is John Wiener, Stu Gats, who people know him as Dan Levitard. And that other side is Hank Goldberg, Sid Rosenberg. Uh, those are some of the names that have been on the WQAM right. side. So it's a big deal. Even though Miami is not perceived as a huge sports town, like this is a heavy hitter when we talk about sports radio stations across the country. Before you hear more about this Gonzalo Media podcast, we got to tell you about the people that make it possible. Like our friends over at Wolf Road Hooters, March Madness, the sponsor for Gonzalo Media is Hooters. Join us on Wolf Road throughout the brackets throughout March Madness. Enter to compete against your favorite Gonzalo Media personalities with the link below. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, the link to sign up for free is right here in the description. Plus. Join us Friday 530 to 7 and again Friday to 530 to 7 for the round of 64 in the Sweet 16. For your chance to win, thanks to Hooters, your place for March Madness. Get your to-go orders in today or join us for all the great games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the following week all the way up to the National Championship in April. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Hooters, your spot in upstate New York to enjoy March Madness. And our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy, the spring is slowly approaching, and you want to get that preseason pricing on your furnaces, your boilers, and more. How about the John Goodman Furnace? You've heard it here before on Godzilla Media. 2% off. If you mention it, you hear it. John Goodman Furnace, that's all i got to say. That's right. 2% off, and it happens for you here because of Godzilla Media. So if you're looking to make those changes, maybe you weren't prepared for the most recent snowstorm. That's okay. Johnstone Supply in Troy can help you get prepared. Give them a call today, 518-272-5922, 518-272-5922. Say what's up to our guy, George, Kev, Tom, James, all the guys there at 6th Avenue in Troy. By the way, if you want to make it part of your weekend here in March, stop in 6th Avenue, where they've got competitive prices, not just competitive, the best prices on Milwaukee Tools guaranteed. You're looking to start a spring project. Maybe you're looking to wrap up the winter. Get those tools that you need there at their spot on 6th Avenue. Support those great businesses right here in the Capital Region across upstate New York. Give them a follow on Facebook as well, Johnstone Supply and why? Johnstone Supply in Troy. And our friends at Mohawk Honda. Maybe you've got some time off of work here coming up for March Madness. Do yourself a favor. Head over to Glenville, New York and check out Mohawk Honda. The new rides, the new vehicles and more. Now it's time for you to get yourself into a vehicle, I know from experience, 2022 Pilot EXL, Sit in my driveway, fits my budget, my lifestyle, and more, and so many people are starting to see the gas prices rise and rise. Maybe your vehicle's not ready for those rising gas prices. And check it out. Mohawk Honda, they want to work with you, whether it's our guy Greg Johnson, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Lindsey Herdon, MJ, John and Service, we can run through the great names, John Lucas, shout out to John Lucas, Travis Landry, all these wonderful people. Want to help you get into a new vehicle, save some cash, make it affordable, help out your family, help out your lifestyle. It all happens right there at Mohawk Honda, Glenville, New York, and be on the lookout for their social media platforms. The Plate Change Challenge. That's right. The Plate Change Challenge. You want to see some of your favorite Mohawk Honda friends compete? It's going to happen across their social media platforms throughout the month of March. So check it out. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now. Back to this Godzilla media podcast,
1: right? Five sixty was the old guard, and seven ninety was uh, the new guard. Seven ninety is where Levitard got his start um, doing radio. they make fun of the five sixty guys because it was older guys breaking down the games, and we know Levitard doesn't really break down the games. And I'm I'm a huge Levitard, uh fan, uh, but I was there for a couple years, and I got I got I guess I got audition. You know, they give you some. Uh, shows and you don't realize that you're actually auditioning and it was a big difference when you get a three-hour show or a four-hour show and i was still even at, even though i'd done it in pennsylvania and in pennsylvania it's a two-hour show how difficult can it be right you talk recap guest recap next hour you either have a guest at the top or you do the same hour again with a different guest and maybe you get more than two guests well, you're doing a nighttime show on QAM. I tried to have a new segment, every thing, And you don't need to do that. You know, I learned, I learned listening to Colin Cowherd. He's like, you know, I, yeah, I you know, whatever I say at, at 10 a.m. or whenever he's on, you know, I can re-say it at 11.15, right? You can do it again at 12.45 and stuff like that. So you can, you know, replay the hits, as, as they say. So I, I got pretty good experience uh, down there in – uh in Miami for uh, for a couple of years, but yeah, I got a chance to go to Lafayette and now Mobile, so it's been a good eight years in sports talk.
0: Well, let's talk about how the opportunity arises, in Lafayette. How did it happen? To go from Florida to Louisiana?
1: Well, Lafayette was I, I answered an ad on All Access, and it's probably the fastest process I've ever had. I either sent a, I sent it in either Thursday night when I got home from work and did then, or sent it Friday morning. Had an email back by noon. Dave, thanks very much. Can we set up a time to talk on Saturday? Saturday came and went and he said he got caught up with work. So I interviewed on Sunday, interviewed again on Sunday or interviewed again on Monday with somebody else. And then was offered on Wednesday, negotiated, uh, accepted on Thursday, gave notice on Friday.
0: Um, <laughs> it's just like, no, I've never had anybody have what you just said right there. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Usually same. it's like parking a ship in radio.
1: Yeah, I, yes, uh, I I think it took me longer to get my first job. My first full-time job out of school was that office match, and that probably took a month. This took <laughs> uh, this took all of a week. Uh, I was willing, available, and cheap. Cheap, probably actually being more the key uh, to the case. And I had some experience, obviously. So uh, I went off to Raising Cajun Country. Um, I I showed up there Labor Day, right? They're off, or maybe I was late. Maybe I, you know, arrived like Labor Day that night. Uh, I was there for two days and they put me on the air in on Thursday and I don't know how to say any names of anywhere of anything I had to have the um phonetic saying of Acadiana like Acadiana like I was calling it like Actiana or something like that I was not very good in Chafalaya Basin and uh IWOA is Iowa everywhere else but there it's IOA uh and you know and then the it was a lot of fun, and we, we had a great time. We 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 did a great show uh, for uh, for five and a half years.
0: How would you describe the difference between a New York sports talk listener, a Florida sports talk listener, and now Louisiana? I feel like those are the three most opposite possible, but you know it from first-hand experience.
1: Very different. All right, so upstate New York. I think not upstate New York, but the Northeast, probably a lot like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago right, they're going to complain, all right? If something doesn't go wrong or something doesn't go right, they're going to complain, right? Even New York City, Mike and the Mad Dog can probably break down the Mets lineup for three hours if they wanted to, right? And that would be a fine show. Um, Miami, because it's an eclectic thing, and, you know, the Heat, when I got down there, they won the first championship with Dwayne Wayne and Shaquille O'Neal, but it took a little bit of time. The Dolphins Dolphins are a lot like the Knicks, one of the more overrated uh, franchises of the last – 30, 40 years. Um, The Marlins, um, you know, they they had a couple of runs, but really weren't doing anything when I got down there. Uh, Played in a tough stadium to go to. Um, And uh, the Panthers, I eventually covered the Panthers for a little bit, but they've been really good the last couple of years, but they were nothing but uh, when I got down there. So, but, but it's all eclectic because, you know, everybody moves to Miami. So as much as there are Heat fans and Canes fans there, you know, everybody's from everywhere else. You could do a better show probably on the Yankees and the Red Sox down there than you can on the Marlins or the Mets. Um, the Cajuns are a little bit different. So the Cajuns are, you know, they're the underdogs, right? They came down from the Acadianas in Quebec. They tried to go to New Orleans. They were shoved out to the swamps. And they're just the underdogs. So when they don't do well, they don't want to hear about it for the most part. Okay, so they always expect not to do well. All right. Now, that's changed a little bit. Uh, Billy Napier, now the coach at Florida, he did a great job with the football team. And before him, actually, Mark Hudspeth had turned around the football program before a couple of things ended his tenure. Uh, I got down there in the baseball team. You see the hat back there? You see the head coach? Um, They were the number one team in the nation. I showed up. And I'm not the biggest of college baseball fans, I can tell you that. But the Louisiana Raging Cajuns were the number one team in the nation. Of course, they lost their first game of the year uh, to Eastern Illinois, but then they reeled off like 20 straight. Uh, Down there, they don't want to hear about it if it's not something good, right? I mean, Saints fans used to have bags over their heads, right? And so very rarely do you get the back and forth on if it's a bad game, right? They don't really want to hear it, except – you know, when they get screwed by a, a no-call in the NFC Championship game, not difficult to do a, a talk show like that. And then if you get some raging Cajuns and LSU crosstalk, uh, that's even better. Uh, Will Wade, who just got fired from LSU in his first year, he took LSU to the NIT, and they played the Cajuns. And that was a big deal because the Cajuns had a great team, more wins, better RPI, but LSU just wasn't going to play the Cajuns in, in Lafayette. So if the Cajuns wanted to play LSU, they had to go to uh, Baton Rouge, and it became a whole thing because he went off. He went off in the post game press conference. He called a timeout to rub it into Bob Marlin's face. Uh, you know they got away with a you know a couple point victory, uh, and then my show is is and now I got Cajuns and LSU fans going at it on my station. So it was it was a lot of fun uh, down. It was a lot of fun down there. And again, my first year there. Right. The Cajuns go to their third bowl game in three years. The basketball team goes to the NCAA tournament for the first time in almost a decade. They have the number one ranked baseball team. They host a. Um, they host a super regional for the first time ever, although they did lose and the softball team, which is big down there. And that's really the biggest difference between. Um, Central New York, although I guess Syracuse is doing better now. It's, that's the difference between Central New York and, and uh, Lafayette is that, you know, local sports talk in Syracuse is going to end, you know, when the Syracuse basketball season ends. So think about it. We're not even at the NCAA tournament. It hasn't even tipped off yet. And local talk in Syracuse is about over. Right. What are we talking about? Right.
0: No, that's exactly right. Yeah.
1: About over. I mean, lacrosse isn't even as good as it used to be. So in Lafayette, I would get um, the Cajuns baseball and softball. And then eventually, I, didn't, I even ignored, I, no one even said anything to me, uh, I ignored LSU baseball until the end. And that's, you know, only a couple of guys named Aaron Nola is on that team and Alex Bregman are on that team. And so I didn't pick up on LSU baseball until my second year down there. But, you know, when LSU g- goes to, you know, the second to last game of the season, well, now that's talk all the way till June right? That's the middle of, that's yeah. the third week of June, right? That's, I mean, that's, what are we looking at? That's three more months of local sports talk. then, you, then get, you flip
0: it over to the football and then the camps will open back up and there's your circle and you're good to go. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. So then, so then I got a week, I got to worry about a week. I come home for 10 days. Then we got the all-star break. Now we got SEC media days and then I got a Sunbelt media day. And you know, I got to worry about like 10 days of shows uh, in central New York. I mean, your local talk is going to be. I mean, the Bell's got a stadium deal, it appears. And then you're talking the Yankees, Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox, and some Chiefs. But, you know, that's not really, you know, local, local, right? That's not that. It's not Syracuse University.
0: So things are going well in Louisiana. But as we know in the industry that is radio, changes happen. Take us through the transition from Louisiana and then you go into Mobile, Alabama.
1: Well, I got fired because I asked for a raise. I wasn't making very much money and we increased revenue 80%, although I wasn't doing the sales. Uh, we increased the listenership at least 80%. Um, by the time I left, we were number one in time spent listening in the demo and I was unceremoniously fired just about three years, just to, almost exactly three years ago and, um, but I just I, because I had been through it in in Florida for a little bit, I just I kept my head up, I kept a good attitude. There's no reason to get down. Uh, I like living in Lafayette. If I have to move home with my parents, oh well, I'll I'll, I'll help out and and you know enjoy my my parents uh, while they're still around. Um, and when you know it, the voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker, who technically is my competition, he's on. There's two sports talk stations in Lafayette, if you can imagine. And the voice, the former voice of South Alabama, called him looking for a talk show host and a program director. Jay recommended me. So, you know, I don't know if I get that job. If I, I don't know if I'm recommended. If I move, or you know, the idea was at, at the time. Now I got let go in March. I was going to leave. I can say that now, big talker. Um, I would have left in you know, Labor Day in 19, if I didn't get a raise, like, you know, I can only do six years not making more money than I was. And so, yeah, you know, what the big, what if, right? I'm a big, what if guys, a uh, big, what if guy, right? What if Billy Edelman doesn't get suspended for 10 days and McNamara's is coming off the bench instead he's suspended for 10 days. And the legend of Jerry McNamara hmm. is realized. So what if I, you know, what if I'm planning on quitting, but I don't tell anybody, I never, I never find out about the job. So it's, it, you know, I know fate, karma, whatever the case is, um, that's what happened. It was really only, what, March, April, May, June is when I interviewed for the job. In fact, I was heading home on a Sunday, and I got a call on a Thursday, and they brought me in on a Friday. I interviewed for a couple of hours. Actually, one of the better interviews ever. Took me a happy hour afterwards. I thought I was going to get the offer right then and there, right? I mean, how often do you go and have some drinks? <laughs> an interview. But for me that would be never um and so uh, i got offered the job about a month later and ratings came out again and I, i'm i'm still the highest rated show here in mobile
0: love it man killing it out in mobile happy to yeah. hear it now you know i already gave you this connection here of louisiana versus florida versus new york but there are hopefully some young sports talk radio aspiring hosts that hear alabama sports talk here in march of 2022 and think isn't that the dream job like you talk college football all day you have the passionate callers isn't what people might perceive from the outside that a city in alabama wants to talk college football and the phones are lighting up all day to talk about or is that not necessarily the case
1: yeah they don't I, i don't know if it's just me you know we get some callers in lafayette i don't get very many callers in in mobile you know we have an app that they um you know, put their messages on and we read the messages. We get calls once in a while. One of the, you know, one of the bigger days we got calls was when actually the Auburn head football coach was hired, Brian Harson. But otherwise we don't, we don't get a whole lot of reaction to the games. I know people are listening because the ratings show it, uh, but we don't get a lot of calls. Um, but for people who are interested, I think that's one thing that, you know, they could do it on their own, right? I mean, we got the next round, which is in Birmingham. Um They were on jocks in Birmingham. And that's one of the great radio stations, sports talk stations in America. They went out on their own. Uh, The guys uh, in Nashville who had one of the top rated sports talk shows in America in Nashville, they went to Outkick 360. Uh, Dan Lebitard is not on the radio anymore. Pat McAfee, he's on XM, but he's not technically on the radio. Um, There's a guy, Jake Crane. Um, I think it's Crane and Company now. But this kid was a South Alabama baseball player. He was like a special teams coach with Montana State, COVID hits, loses his job, and just starts doing a podcast, just starts doing video, like in his parents' basement or something like that, and he's gone from Colin Cowherd's podcast to The Daily Wire to, according to him, he's the number one sports podcast in America, and I saw him, I I think I lined him up my first time was right after Memorial Day weekend in June of 20, right in the middle, right, right? As COVID was hitting. So he has done it and he's never been on the radio one time. He, he's never had a radio show and he's just on digital. And, you know, if you got something to say and you can say it in an entertaining way, everyone can do it on their own, you know, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasting. You know, you don't, I think that's the thing now. You don't need a radio station to have your voice be heard.
0: See, I'm glad we've we've clicked throughout this interview. Even though we had a few occasional chats, you knew where that question was going to go. Some (laughs) heard that question for the setup for the call and thought I was going to have you talk about how... But that's old school. And that's not a disrespectful thing. Like You feel it every single day where the listener of Sports Talk Radio from like 1999 and maybe even like 2009 is not 2022. They want to listen how they want to listen, when they want to listen. They want to find the podcast they want. You mentioned some people. You've got the phone right there on our visual side. I don't want to lump myself in that group of people you just mentioned. But as someone who went from radio to podcast, I like this a lot more. Like, you know, this is not to to my own horror, but like the sponsors are here. You know, like people used to chop into that money when I was in radio. I like the fact that that doesn't get chopped anymore. So like this can happen. You mentioned the podcast. Your podcast is crushing it. Like, I feel like you just get just as much as feedback from the podcast world. And you've been doing it for a decade.
1: So we should we should probably start some individual podcasts. our podcasts are just our shows. But you know, our ratings came out, and so the cube, and it's just a it's a math equation, right? So it's just an estimation. So we have about eighteen thousand listeners. Well, my podcast last week or the last two weeks uh, was over seventeen thousand. And that's <laughs> actual listeners. Right? So it's absolutely uh, out there for for people to do. And you don't need, a radio station for anyone to to hear you.
0: I think that's a good setup for our closing question is getting there with guys. We've talked about your career journey. So for that young sports radio host, that young baseball broadcaster, the best advice, if you're maybe a senior at Oswego right now, what's the best advice you could offer somebody hoping to get to their part of the career that you are right now?
1: Well, hopefully they'd be farther than me, uh, but I'd be more aggressive. Um, I would also be better at sales because you'll make money. That's where the money is. If you're coming out of school and being a broadcaster and you're not in a big market, uh, you got to do sales. Whether you're on, I don't know how you could do it if you're on TV, but in radio, they'll let anybody do sales. Uh, that would be my big time advice because that's where you make the money so you can do uh, the fun stuff. Uh, but, uh, but also, if things aren't going as quickly as you think, hang in there, but they should be going faster. The good ones get to where they're going Usually pretty quick. The Matt excursions in the world, you know, they were there in the minor leagues. He put his time in, but he was doing like five or six years. I got buddies who were in the minor leagues for over 20 years, right? I mean, you know, including me, technically. So, you know, I would be more aggressive. And if you get the opportunity, when I was with the Somerset Patriots in in New Jersey, I just wasn't aggressive enough. You know, I was just turning, I just turned 30. I I got New York is there. Philadelphia is there. Even... You know, some major stations in Jersey are there. I probably should have made more contacts while I was there. I needed to be more aggressive in meeting more people to to help me. Also, as much as it is a good advice to to get advice from broadcasters, get their advice on how to broadcast, not how to get the jobs. You got to find out who's doing the hiring. It's nice to know the broadcasters, but they're not doing the hiring. And usually you're trying to try to take their job. So find out who's doing the hiring, and you want to be able to contact them much more than the broadcasters. Certainly contact the broadcasters. always good them to have them in your back pocket and learn from them, but you need to find out who's actually doing the hiring.
0: There you go. Dave Schultz. Dave, appreciate it. By the way, for our audio sign, the visual side see at the whole broadcast, we both have, like, matching Syracuse basketball posters. You You've right. got – I think mine's the year after the national championship. Yours yeah. might be the national championship poster I see
1: behind it you. It is. You got it you got yeah. autographed? Mine's autographed. That's
0: Uh, mine. Mine doesn't have any autographs. He beat me.
1: I I (laughs) I think my parents
0: have have the one that has the autographs on it.
1: I have them framed. I have them framed in my office. But Bangheim would come to Dewitt Rotary every year, and my father would buy a poster. And It's twenty-five bucks, and it goes to coaches versus cancer. So that's what. And this is the this is the least of the framed. That's the best poster I got, and I got things that are framed. You know, one hundred and fifty dollars. This thing is in a you know Walmart special.
0: Well, I'm a Salve guy. I've told you that before. Next time you're in central New York, you let me know. We'll grab B- Dinosaur, tullies. I'll take you down to a Salve hidden gem called Sam's Chicken Land. You take me to nice. one of your spots. We'll be good to go, all right?
1: I appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me.